Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, I'm really glad you have joined us. And speaking of join, uh, joining us, you can do that on Thursday at 6 p.m. We are going to be at the Ferndale Public Library to continue the WDET Book Club. We have had a really great summer of discussions about Dr. Monahanna Atisha's book, What the Eyes Don't See, uh, which we've been using to have an extended conversation about the Flint water crisis, about infrastructure, about environmentalism, about environmental justice. Uh, on Thursday, uh, August 22nd, we are going to continue that with ACLU investigative reporter Kurt Guyette, someone who did some of the most critical reporting about the Flint water crisis, and we'll also be joined by Oakland County Water Commissioner Jim Nash, who will catch us up on especially the infrastructure questions uh, that linger over all of our heads here in southeast Michigan, but uh, particularly there in Oakland County. So we really hope you come out to join us again uh, this Thursday, August 22nd at 6 p.m. at the Ferndale Public Library. And speaking of Ferndale, we have a new Oakland County executive, and for the first time ever, it is a Democrat, Dave Coulter, who is currently or was the mayor of Ferndale, was elected along party lines to the job last week. Uh, Coulter was sworn in yesterday, but the legal fight is not over yet over his appointment. Republicans say they have a case to make that would nullify Coulter's appointment. Of course, that is just one of the many issues that confronts David Coulter as he steps into this much bigger role there in Oakland County. And I'm really pleased to welcome David to the show. It's great to see you here. Stephen, it's great to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, up front, congratulations. This Thank was, you. Uh, this is a very big deal. And it was not what we were expecting over the last two weeks. And I guess that's where I want to start the conversation. I, I, I want to I hear your take on all of the political, I guess, push and pull. I won't say fighting, uh, but pulling and tugging, I guess, that went on over this appointment. Uh, did it make you hesitant to step into the role? Uh no, because I wasn't involved in it. You know, I didn't campaign for this office or lobby or seek it. I didn't even apply for it last week. And a lot of people have asked me, well, then how did this happen? Um, I think what changed the dynamics of the selection process was when the lawyers came together and agreed that Commissioner Woodward could rejoin the board. Mm -hmm. uh, and I've looked at m multiple opinions about that. I feel confident that their opinion is actually state law. And so whatever you feel about that, Dave's back on the board, and that immediately changed the dynamics of the board uh, to give the Democrats the majority again. And so that really changed the equation. And so I think they very quickly started thinking, you know, politics is still a numbers game. You, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that's why there's a whip in Congress to count votes. Mm -hmm. and, and in this particular case, because of the close divide, uh, you got to get all 11 Democrats to agree. And that's not always easy to do. So I think among themselves, they started talking about, is there someone out there that all 11 of us feel confident and comfortable appointing? And I guess my name came up in some of those discussions. They reached out to me and asked if that would be something I'd be willing to do. I didn't want to get involved in the politics of it. I said, if you agree to this, if you all agree to this, you know, um, then yes, I'm willing to talk to you about it. Yeah. So talk about going forward. Now you have to work with the uh, commission, uh, with not just the 11 Democrats, but also the 10 Republicans who have seats there. Uh, talk about how you build that relationship 
as the new county executive. It's also important to note here, and just for sort of history's sake, this is a, a role that was literally defined by one person uh, in history. We haven't had another person in that role. So uh, the idea of going forward and trying to redefine it, which there's no other way to, to, to describe what you have to do, I, I just can't imagine the kind of... Um, just the kind of anticipation, but also maybe apprehension you might have. Yeah. You know, and I've said this before, uh, Brooks is a legend in his own right. Uh, You don't replace Brooks Patterson. I'm not trying to be the next Brooks Patterson. I can't. I can just try to be the best version of myself as an executive that I can. Um, I respect the legacy that Brooks Patterson has left in uh, Oakland County. And I'm, I'm very aware of the fact that I would only be here I'm only here because of the unfortunate passing of Brooks, and that's a that's a sad thing. I um, I lost a family member a few years ago to pancreatic cancer, and I reached out to Brooks when he announced his diagnosis to offer you know my support and prayers for that because it's a it's a very difficult and challenging thing personally. So so you know I this isn't a celebration for me because I realize the circumstances that put me here, and sure. then the circumstances got political, and that's a whole other thing. But my hope moving forward is that we can come together. And I don't mean just the 11 Democrats, but all 21 commissioners. Uh, Part of uh, the um, advantage I have, I think, is that I served with a number of the Republicans that are still there. I have relationships with these people. And when when I was on on the Oakland County Commission, for before I was mayor of Ferndale for eight years, I was an Oakland County commissioner. And uh, so I know these folks. I worked with them. We built trust together. And despite the politics of last week, you know, I, I am optimistic that at the end of the day, when the politics is over and the lawsuits are done and uh, and all of that, that we all have the same interest at heart. They, because uh, I knew this about them then, we just all care about doing what's best for our residents that put us there and Oakland County and the region. And I think if we focus on that and not the politics of it, uh, I actually am optimistic that we can get some good things done. So let's talk about what that agenda looks like. Uh, Oakland County is uh, a place that's got a great reputation for the way it has been run in a, in a lot of ways. Uh, the finances there are in great shape. Uh, it is a wealthy county that that has experienced a lot of a lot of growth. Uh, at the same time, I think a lot of people who live in some parts of the county say that uh, you know their interests get neglected uh, by county government, and that uh, that there needs to be a shift. Talk about how you see the role of uh, the executive in in figuring out you know what needs to be done there in Oakland. Well, that's a good point, because when I was on the commission, I was one of those people who said, I think the South End gets neglected. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the areas I focused on was parks and recreation. Oakland County has a wonderful parks and rec system, but most of the parks are up in the northern end because they had a philosophy that parks were these big, large expanses. uh, And we didn't have any in the South End. And we argued a lot that, you know, parks are more than just... um, large areas. They can be small but effective areas. And so one of the things I was most proud of in being a a county commissioner there was that we got Catalpa Oaks Oaks in Southfield Mm -hmm. developed and put into the parks system. We fought really hard for that. So... So yeah, I get that, um, and I so I think all parts of the county need to be represented, and I hope th- that I do that. But I, I I also understand I don't just represent the South End anymore. I represent everybody, <clears throat> and my philosophy has always been to bring everybody to the table.
table uh, to try to make those decisions. And I want to make a point about what you said about, you know, the 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 well-run government that it's been. There are outstanding employees in Oakland County, you know, more than 4,000 of them. Mm-hmm. And they've done an incredible job. And, and through trying circumstances, not only just since Brooks announced in March his diagnosis, but even before that with the accident. So these folks have been working under a lot of pressure and stress uh, in terms of the leadership there. And I look forward to, to working with them because uh, I don't, I'm not coming in to, to clean house. Uh, I don't think there's an issue there uh, that needs to be fixed. Uh, I, wa- I just want to engage with them and figure out if we're doing all we can to make Oakland County the best that it can be. So I want to talk specifically about poverty, which uh, is a word that a lot of people don't want to use when they talk about Oakland County. They want to yeah. pretend that uh, that uh, the wealth that exists there is really the only dimension uh, of Oakland County life. Uh, what would you do differently uh, to try to address the growing pro- poverty in, in some parts of yeah. Oakland County? That's a great question. And coming from Ferndale, we have, I think, 20% of our population lives under the poverty line. It's a very real condition for us. And and our neighbor, Royal Oak Township, has, has suffered, you know, economically. Hazel Park, um, a lot of these... Co- communities. And and so we do, I think, need to do more to make sure that all of our residents um, have access to the services they need. Uh, one of the areas I think about off the top of my head is when it comes to access to health care. Um, we have a wonderful health department in Oakland County, but one of the questions I would ask is, are we doing enough to provide access to those health services uh, for all of our residents? There is, you know, there, I guess there's a, there is a South End um, sort of uh, health department office there, but just more broadly, you know, um, in Pontiac and in other places, and the and the issues that affect people in poverty, maternal health and and infant mortality, and those sort of things are issues that I want to make sure we're addressing, so that people, regardless of their economic status, um, are supported by the services. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Dave Coulter, a newly appointed Oakland County executive, former mayor of Ferndale. Uh, we're talking about what is going to happen now that uh, he is in charge of the county, what his agenda looks like, and what county residents might expect uh, under new leadership. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. Tell us what questions you have for the new executive of Oakland County, Dave Coulter. Uh, we especially want to hear from you if you live in Oakland County. Are you confident that now we have strong county leadership going forward? Are you happy to see a Democrat in the seat? Or are you worried about the direction of the county given the political wrangling that unfolded over the last couple of weeks. As always, uh, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Before uh, we go much further, I should uh, note that caller Jeff wanted to correct me on something, and he's right here, Uh, Daniel T. Murphy was the first county executive before Brooks. So it is not a one-man show. Uh, it is a two-man show. But uh, for most people, I think uh, the, the, the reference to Oakland County executive automatically invokes the name uh, of, of Brooks Patterson. Um, as you mentioned, Dave, uh, you were friends with with Brooks. Uh, and and I think there's there's been this kind of wrangling since his death about 
how we might remember him and and how he uh, how some of his more negative characteristics ought to be uh, sort of accounted for. But talk about the relationship that you had with him and things that maybe you take from that relationship that you're going to use in this job. Yeah. And and when I say friends, you know, I was the Democratic leader of the uh, of the caucus on the board. So we had a professional relationship. Sure. Uh, we didn't hang out and I wasn't one of his drinking friends. <laughs> um, I was on occasion. OK. But <laughs> well, I'm not going to say I've never had a drink. With him. Uh, <laughs> um, but I learned a lot from Brooks, you know. Uh, one of the things that was pounded into my head when I became county commissioner was the AAA bond rating, the finances, and one of the tools that we used to keep the budget uh, on track was this three-year, multi-year budgeting process. Uh, and I came to believe that that was a really great idea. I served on the finance committee, and so I helped pass those budgets. And the very first thing I did when I became mayor, in literally my first meeting, my first act was to ask our finance director to begin to prepare multi-year budgets because I think it's a really effect- it's not a be-all end-all, but it's a really effective tool to anticipate financial challenges sooner and then and start to react to them before they become a crisis. So that's something I've I've learned from Brooks. Uh, another thing I've learned from Brooks is that he surrounded himself with really smart people. Mm-hmm. I didn't always agree with them, but they were really smart, really effective, really good at what they did. And I took that to my position as Ferndale. I helped to put together a staff there that on their issues, they were smarter than me. I, you know, I, I've heard the saying that if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. And, <laughs> and, I, and it's easy for me because <laughs> I rarely am. But I do. <laughs> but I, I love to hear from people. Uh, that are more knowledgeable than me on their specific issues and take that into account and use that. And Brooks did that really effectively. Yeah. Um, uh, are you ready to talk about uh, names of some of the people that you're thinking about for particular roles? Yeah. In fact, the, the, the most critical one that I have to name is a chief deputy. And I was actually kind of hoping I could break that with you this morning, but mm-hmm. it's, I'm probably not going to be able to announce it till later today okay. because she has another job that she has to transition from. Uh, and then I she think has I to, might know who you're talking and about. And she might have I to, won't say it. She has to fill out applications <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but later today, I, I hope to be able to announce that. That's a, that's a critical that's role. That's a critical um, role, yeah. And, and I have every confidence that that she will be great at it because she's done it, and you'll you'll hear more about her. So that's that's the first thing. Uh, the other thing I would say is that we're you know we're evaluating the 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 current deputy executives. I want to meet with them and and get their interest in serving or their desires. Uh, and then the other thing that I think sometimes people forget is that below the the uh, deputy executives, there's a layer of directors who really do oversee and manage the various departments of Oakland County. And they are also county executive appointees. But I suspect that you'll see most of those folks staying on. I, I don't, that's what I mean by I'm not going in there to clean house and, and sweep those people out. They have done an outstanding job of running Oakland County. And I'm going to, I'm going to lean on their expertise and judgment to help keep the ship going in the right direction. Are there any members of Brooks's senior team that you think you might be able to keep on? Uh, I hope so. I've only begun to have those conversations, but I met with uh, 
Phil Bertolini yesterday, for instance, and he is the chief information officer. He oversees all the IT, which is really critical there. And I know that, you know, in the heat of the conversations on Friday, he said, that's it. You know, if you, <laughs> if you don't appoint Jerry, I'm going to resign. But we had a really friendly and, and constructive conversation yesterday. And he's agreed to stay on at least through the end of the month through a transition to help me understand the issues and the challenges of his department. So that's one person. Uh, and I'm going to just continue to have the conversations with the rest of them to gauge their interest and, and see where we're at. Yeah. Again, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. Call with your questions for Dave Coulter, who is the newly appointed executive of Oakland County. Tell us what you are uh, expecting uh, from county government going forward. Do you think county government is going to change? Is it going to change for the better from your perspective? We especially want to hear from you if you live in Oakland County and will be affected uh, by all of this. Before we get to phones, uh, I want to read a couple of Facebook comments. Josh says, hopefully working together with the rest of the metro area to build a more livable southeast Michigan is something that's on his mind. And he says, starting with mass transit, that works. Uh, Dave Coulter, talk about how you will approach the transit questions that have completely confounded this community for 40 years. Right. So, yeah, ask me to solve that in my first two yeah, days. Right. Are you, aren't you done with that already? Yeah, we've got that all figured <laughs> out. Uh, Mayor Duggan and Mark Hackle are on board. Warren <laughs> Evans, we're all good. So what next question? No. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I do take a, a sort of a collaborative approach to this kind of stuff. I want to work in a, in, a, in, a, in a positive way with the other leaders in the region. You know, when I was mayor, I always used to say, and even county commissioner, I'd say, because of where my district was, our issues don't stop at 8 Mile Road and they don't stop at DeQuinder. We're all in this together. Yes, we all have our own individual interests, but the Detroit metro region uh, rises and falls together. And Oakland County's prosperity depends to some degree on the prosperity of, of the rest of the region. And so I think it's in our economic interests. I think it's in our quality of life interest to have good, productive conversations and start to move regionalism to a place where we all benefit. So is it worth, do you think, restarting the, the kind of ballot initiative um, that, we, that we just lost very narrowly in, uh, in 2016 uh, for next year? I mean, is that something we could get going for 20? Or do you think we're looking further down the road? I don't see why not. You know, there are people that would like to get another ballot proposal uh, on the ballot next year. And that strikes me as a reasonable uh, goal to try to shoot for. I don't, you know, I, I haven't been involved specifically in these conversations yet. But, you know, that strikes me as, I mean, we... We, we've been at this, as you mentioned, for so long. <laughs> I'm anxious myself to, to, to put a plan together that makes sense, that, gets, that can get voter support, which the last one did not, uh, and, see, and see what the voters think. Because um, ultimately it's their decision, because ultimately they're going to have to pay for it. But I, you know, I, that seems to me a reasonable goal. That, that idea of people having to pay for it, right? That's, that's a really difficult concept in government right now. People want better services. They want things to work <clears throat> in the way they expect. But then when you say, all right, well, that's going to cost X amount of dollars, uh, the, you start to get pushback and yeah. people start to say, well, I've already given you a lot of money. How come I can't uh, get what I want for, for that? Or they think uh, you're spending money in, in, in bad ways. I, I, I feel like that's a critical tension in Oakland County in particular because of the tax questions that, uh, that linger, because of uh, the, the 
the deteriorating uh, reliance that that cities can have uh, on property tax revenue and the things like that. Um, uh, how do you sell people on the idea that we maybe have to pay a little more? Yeah. That's a great question, and I'm a little spoiled coming from Ferndale because Ferndale voters have been willing, when we put good proposals before them that they understood and that they trusted would be used for the purposes that we said it would be used for, they've been willing to support us. We have uh, good roads in Ferndale, for instance, because as mayor, we put a bond before the voters to fix the roads, and we were very clear about it. If we want better roads... You know, we don't have the money for it, but if you're willing to do this and we give you a plan that makes sense, and they, and they supported it. So I don't think we should be afraid as leaders to ask the voters uh, to pay more, but it, it has to be a good plan, it, and it has to be clear. It, it, typically, it has to be, they have to have confidence that the monies aren't going to be diverted to other uses, which is often a, a fear. But at the end of the day, uh, it is their decision, and we can't be afraid to ask them. And I think there's been a lot of reluctance in Lansing and in other ways of, of just even asking the question. Um, but but we, I think we, not, we see now there's a pent-up demand for better roads, better schools, better infrastructure. People understand the need. Mm. So if they trust leaders to develop a plan, maybe we can move it forward. Um, I want to go to the phones really quick, and then I've got another. Uh, I've got another question for you before right. we end the interview. Charlie in Detroit, go ahead. You there, Charlie? Yeah. Hi. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I just wanted to say, um, you know, gotten. Charlie, I think your phone is not uh, working. You've got bad signal there. Uh, call us back, and uh, we'll try to get you on, uh, Charlie. Uh, uh, Dave, I want to get this in before we have to break. Okay. Um, you were appointed to this role, uh, and that means you'll be in that chair at least until uh, there's an election next year, and then somebody yeah. else will, 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 will get the job. Are, are you interested in running for the permanent job. I, and, I, and I ask that as someone who's asked that of lots of different people who've sort of said, well, you know, uh, I, I, it's too early, I don't know. But I, I, always, I always say it's hard, I think, once you sit in the seat and see the ability to change things that matter to you, it's hard to walk away. Um, and I wonder how you, at this point, uh, on day one, uh, are approaching that question. That's very interesting because... As you said, I'm on, well, day two. Uh, <laughs> day and I, two, right? And I really prepared myself, you know, to try to answer questions about transit and water and infrastructure and taxes and all these things. But uh, the majority of the questions have been political in nature. I had <laughs> announced just a month ago that uh, my intent was to run for the state for the legislature. legislature. right. So, I, you know, the, the two biggest questions I get are, what are you doing about that? What are you going to do next year? <laughs> and, you know, I, I hope it's not a cop-out, but I literally, you know, am, have been over overwhelmed by the number of things on my plate. I know that I have to sort of decide those things sooner rather than later. I get politics. Um, but man, I would like a week on the job before I get more specific <laughs> about what I'm going to do next year or next month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Are you at least open to the idea that you might run? You know, I told the commissioners uh, that reached out to me that I was interested in the 16-month appointment. Okay. That's That was my interest. Right. Um that's yeah. a good political answer, David. <laughs> I've been at this for a while. <laughs> All right. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate your coming by, too, and we will uh, check in with you as you get started on all your work. But, I would uh, enjoy again, that. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. 
All right, up next, we're going to talk with professor and author Dr. Ibram X. Kendi about his new book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Stay with us on Detroit Today.